Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Dre Baldwin. Dre, uh, your website is dreallday.com. You're a professional, former professional basketball player. You're now a well-renowned speaker. Uh, you're all over YouTube, all over the socials. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely, Josh. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. So give us a little bit of your backstory, your little history, like how you got in professional basketball and, and uh, you know, what life was like. Sure, I'll give you the two-minute version. Well, I'm from uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Now I live in Miami, Florida. Well, my background, as you said, is in sports. Uh, I used to play every sport, got into basketball a little bit, relatively speaking, late, around age 14. Didn't make my high school team until I was a senior. And I, I set the world on fire, though, that year by averaging two points per game as a senior in high school on the basketball team. Now, so anyone who doesn't know basketball, two points is not a lot. So I didn't do much on the basketball team that year. Uh, graduated high school. Most people probably wouldn't expect me to have done anything in sports, but I walked on to playing college, which means I didn't have a scholarship, was not invited. Nobody knew my name. Oh my Played God. Division three college basketball, which is the third level tier of college yeah. sports where most athletes don't go pro, uh, but was still able to hustle my way into professional basketball just because I knew how to market, sell, and promote myself. Plus, I had a little bit of talent on the basketball court. And yeah. started what became a nine-year professional basketball career, which took me through eight countries worldwide. At the same time that I started my career, I took the footage from this event that I went to called an exposure camp, which is basically like a job fair, but for yeah. athletes, where you play to impress the decision makers. I played pretty well at that camp. So I took that footage. It was on this thing called a VHS tape, which, Josh, I'm sure you remember those. <laughs> I took that footage. Oh, man. No, I had VHS. I even predated it with beta. Like, I remember my parents got their first beta uh, VCR. <laughs> thing was like, it was like this big, right? It's as, as big yeah, as a suitcase. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. You couldn't carry that on a plane. Right? No, so, no. <laughs> so that VHS footage, I got put on a data CD, and I uploaded that footage to this brand-new website in 2005 called YouTube.com. So that started my brand at the same time I started my pro basketball career. So I had these two parallel careers going at the same time, even though I only knew about one of them, which was the basketball yeah. one. Nobody knew the internet would become what it is now with media, content, et cetera. So around 2010, about halfway through my career, I found myself unemployed a little bit too often as a basketball player. So I started focusing a little bit more on my content and on this brand that I was building right around the time we started using that phrase. And I started creating my own products and services. And that gave me the idea that, hey, even when I'm done playing basketball, I can do this full time and I can do this for the rest of my life. So in 2015, I stopped playing professional basketball. That was the end of my career. But I had already started selling products five years earlier. So now for the last five years, I've been a full time entrepreneur. I'm CEO of You Work On Your Game Incorporated. And what we do is take the mental game tools that you learn as a professional athlete to get to the top one percent of your profession. And I teach how those same mental game tools. And of course, they translate into actual tangible actions applied in the business world and also in everyday life. Yeah. Dre, your content is prolific 
to say, I mean, just to be conservative here, I'm looking at like everything you've produced on your YouTube. You've got a ton of subscribers. You've got a ton of content. You're a content producing machine, my friend. That's true. <laughs> well, well, why? Uh, so let, let me go back to this before. We'll talk about your content and your social media, like what you do and how you've been able to market yourself so well. So going back to basketball, um, let's say you have you know, two players. Uh, you know, one's, uh, you know, one's probably like a seven out of 10. Um, but you know, they're, they haven't really worked on selling themselves, communicating very well. Um, and another one is say like a five or six out of 10, but dang, they know how to run the show, right? They know how to sell themselves. They're networking. They're, you know, they're doing everything they get. They're taking responsibility for their own promotion and and you were to you were going to invest in one of their futures. Like, where would you put your money? Well, that seven you said one is a seven and the other is a five. Yeah, it would depend on how much better is that seven. Because yeah, right. In the sports world. If that seven is enough better than the five, even if they don't promote themselves, they're going to get the opportunity. Yeah, just based the, on the, the talent. Thing about, right, because the thing about the sports world, Josh, is the closest thing to a meritocracy you're going to find in life. Wow. I think you know as well as I do that the business world is not a meritocracy. There are people who are really good at business or at least at what they do, but they can't turn it into business because they don't don't have the ingredients. They don't have the systems. They don't have the processes. They don't have the plans, even though they're really good at what they do. You could be a good singer, but be unknown. You could be better than Frank Sinatra, but nobody knows you. You could be a great coach, but you're not Oprah because you don't know how to sell like Oprah knows how to sell. But in the sports world, there are many times in sports that if you're just good enough above mm-hmm. everyone else, you're going to get opportunity even if you lack any other tool. So let's just say that it's close. I think that's kind of what you're alluding to. If it's close, yeah, I think so. Yes. That's in the five. Yeah, the five is going to make it. Uh, now, that matters more in business, though, because oh, you know and I know, and you already mentioned this, you alluded to this, there are people that are very well known and their stuff is Crap. I mean, I know gurus and you look at their stuff and I'll be honest, I think some of these guys, I think they intentionally design their stuff so that it doesn't work so that you keep giving them more money. So their business is working, but their advice is, come on. Like I've got a perfect example of someone in your South Florida. I went to his event and I know exactly what he was doing. He was like, okay, everybody, we're going to go through a simple sales line. I want you to pull out your phone. We're not going to say who it is. <laughs> and I want you to you follow my script. And it was the worst sales. It was so phony. It was so fake. And he you did tell that. Me I know. Who you're talking about. Oh, I know. He did that purposely, intentionally, so that they would get a rejection then and there. And that would put them in the state because he said, now I'm going to help you out. You know, and it's like, this is not that hard. You should have just aced that thing. And he knows 99% of people failed because he gave them this super fake phony sales pitch line. That's not what works today. Man, I believe authenticity rules the day today. Like people know, I don't think consumers have ever been more skeptical or analytical. Like you got to be straight with people today. I don't think this whole used car salesman, you know, fake carnival barker thing. I just don't think it really works today. What, what about, what about you? I 100% agree with you, Josh. And I'm going to, I'm going to get you to tell me who that is off camera when this, (laughs) 
give you a, I'll give you a hint. His event was in a baseball stadium in the uh, Miami area about. last year. Josh, Josh, I was there. I know okay. Giving away <laughs> tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that off camera. Okay, anyway, yeah. Uh, as far as authenticity, 100%, you know, that every, people can see through fakeness these days because with social media, everyone can put themselves out there exactly as you are, as much as you want or as little as you want. I mean, social media, to me, I tell people all the time, social media was created for us to be in everybody's business and for you to put your business out into the world. That's what it all is about. Your personal business, your business business, as much or as little as you want. And most people probably share more than they should. But anyway, the whole point is that authenticity can show through. If you're authentic and you are really being yourself, and you have something of value to offer, people will gravitate to you, a certain audience of people. Might not be a million people, might be a thousand, but if that's the right thousand people, you can make a business out of that. So authenticity is everything these days. People do not buy into uh, fakeness anymore. You can't get away with it. Yeah. So especially, Dre, when I look at the, the amount and the volume of content that you've created, that requires a, a uh, it requires a lot of vulnerability, I would say, um, you know, certainly authenticity, but you have to be willing to share from your heart in a way that like, listen, I, I you know, I could get someone, you know, some troll could blast me for this right now. And I remember in the early days of, you know, podcasting, for example, I was so scared, uh, you know, even though I had done a lot of traditional media, which is a very controlled environment, you know, when you're like, listen, I'm just going to turn on the microphone and I'm going to start talking for 20 some minutes. Man, that's scary when you do that at first. Did you experience that at the beginning? No, I really didn't. I think yeah. for me, I have a little bit of a natural ability when it comes to public speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, once I got to, once my confidence started to blossom, I think when I started seeing success in the sports world, yeah. I felt more confident as a person overall because, you know, mm -hmm. athletes, the, the picture that we have in an athlete is a confident person. They have this great body. They can do these things that most people can't do. So that helped boost my overall confidence. So I didn't really have that challenge, but I do understand that a lot of people do have that challenge of just putting themselves out there in any way because you're thinking about how you're going to be judged. Do you use, uh, and maybe this sounds like something that you did, um, like you look at something that you accomplished the best. So let's say there is a new stretch thing for you. Like, it's like, okay, well, I haven't done that before, but, and then you think back to like your success in sports, for example, and you, in your mind, you say, you know what, if I could do that, I can do this. Is that what you do? Absolutely. That's actually something that I'm constantly reminding myself of when it comes to being an entrepreneur, because as a, an athlete, I pretty much figured everything out that I needed to do to get to that, that top level. So in business, I asked myself, okay, what, what, what's not working properly the way that I wanted to in business? And then I asked myself, okay, what was I doing in the sports world that made all these things work? And I try to copy the same principles. It's obviously not the exact same stuff. But I try to copy the same principles. Or what was I doing every day? Was I paying attention to my body? What was I putting in my body? How was I working out? Did I go find a trainer? Did I go find experts? Did I go find people who knew more than me who could assess my game and tell me what was missing? And am I doing those things in business? And anything that I'm not doing, it's clear to me uh, where the gaps are, the accountability gaps that need to be filled. Yeah. How does this translate to someone who didn't play professional sports? Like what would be a great way that they could apply those same principles? Well, one way is I can tell you. Is okay, good. You can, <laughs> <laughs> one way is do what I tell you to do. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. So <laughs> my, my company's called work on my work on your game, but it's also the name, my philosophy and that yeah. work on your game philosophy has four pillars to it is discipline, confidence, mental toughness, and personal initiative. Mm. And what you need to do with that is let's say someone is not a former athlete, but they're in business. They want to figure themselves out. You can look at what an athlete does. And the reason why athletes are a good uh, canvas to look at for anyone is because in the sports world, we have these things called a scoreboard. And the scoreboard tells no lies. At the end of the day, the scoreboard tells you who succeeded and who failed, what's mm -hmm. working and what's not. You know exactly where you stand in sports by looking at the scoreboard, as opposed to the business world where there is no scoreboard. Some people say it's money, but not everyone is in business to make money. I mean, not only for money. Some people want to make a difference. Some people want to just make enough to take care of themselves. Some people want to get rich and make more than everybody. But not everyone has the same scoreboard, whereas opposed to in sports, the Knicks and the Lakers and the Sixers and the Hawks, they all have the same scoreboard and they all have the same trophy that they're going after. So they all can measure themselves based on how they are doing compared to everyone else. Whereas in business, you never know. And in the sports world, you know who all your opponents are as opposed to the business world. You can have 100 people trying to take everything you have from under your feet and you don't even know that they exist, but they're studying everything about you. So for the entrepreneur who wants to learn how you can learn from an athlete is first of all, you got to give yourself a scoreboard. Secondly, there must be a way to hold yourself accountable. And that would be your scoreboard and your KPIs, your metrics, whatever those are going to be right. for you. Third, you need to have yourself a coach. Every great athlete has a coach. If Michael Jordan, the best player of all time, had a coach, a trainer, a, a fitness person, a personal assistant, and a team of lawyers, but you as an entrepreneur are trying to do everything by yourself, like, how does that make sense? If you're not right. Michael Jordan, <laughs> what are you doing? So again, I had to ask myself these same questions like, okay, Michael Jordan had a coach. I had a coach in basketball, but I'm going to try to run a business with no coach. doesn't yeah. make sense. So that's the third thing that you can do. And the last thing is athletes have a, we have a process. Every day we show up to practice. It's the same warm up. It's the same drills. We're working on the same plays. The coach says the same stuff. And you have to be, you have to have a level of professionalism discipline, mental toughness to go through that same routine over and over and over again and do it with enthusiasm. Because if you don't, you might be on the end of the bench, best case scenario, and out of a job, worst case scenario, out of the league, out yeah. of a career, worst case scenario. So entrepreneurs, you need to figure out what your system and your process is going to be. While we all love you know, spontaneity and being able to do different stuff at different times, one of the key things of making something that lasts is there's going to be a whole lot of things you're going to be doing over and over and over again. Yeah. If you don't have that discipline, that professionalism, then is not going to ask, or you better get somebody on your team who is willing to do that so you can go have fun. You know, you and I were talking just briefly before we started recording and you asked me how many, uh, how many podcasts I've done today. And, right. you know, for us, um, this system works really, really well for us. So therefore we do it and I do it a lot. Like I do 10, 12 interviews every single week. And yeah, you know, you show up on Thursday and you've done, you know, already like 12, 15 interviews this week. And you're like, man, I got three more. Sometimes I got to tell you, I feel a little bit like the, okay, here I go on stage again, you know, just got to perform and, you know, and, and, you know, I, um, but when you find something that works, it, it's kind of like, you know, imagine, well, it's like, you know, again, a professional athlete or, you know, you're Elton John. And you got to go out and you got to perform, you know, goodbye, yellow brick road or leave out, you know, whatever his song is. And you got to do it for the thousandth time. But, you know, you, each day, I think you want to show up, 
you know, for the other people or whatever it is that you're doing in a way, because it's their first experience. This is your first experience, you know, being on this podcast. So, so I need to make sure that I'm giving you my absolute best so that ultimately we could provide the greatest good in the world. How does one or how does an athlete keep themselves fresh each day before a game when they're like, man, same, here's another day, just like doing it like it, it beats you up. But how do you, how do you rejuvenate yourself? Right. Well, two ways. First of all, uh, being that I was playing basketball overseas, a lot of people don't really know the intricacies of what happens overseas basketball. When you're an American playing for a team internationally, every day is a game. Every practice is a game. Every training is a game. And every game is a game because everybody is watching you. Everyone knows you're not from there, especially if you're black. You stand out there. You can't hide. And you're tall. So you can't hide when you're walking around town. You can't hide when you're at the grocery store. You, you definitely cannot hide on the court. And at the same time, the team probably has invested more money in having you on the roster than they had to invest in anyone else because they had to pay uh, transfer fees, licensing fees. They had to pay for your flights and travel, pay for housing for you, pay for Internet access for you that they might not have to make those same outweighs for other players on your team. So they made a big investment and they're expecting you to not only perform well on the court, of course, but also to set an example for everyone else there just by the way you carry yourself every day. And if you're not doing that, they will get rid of you. As opposed to an NBA where you have a guaranteed contract, overseas your contract is guaranteed uh, between now and the end of the day. And if they want to get rid of you, you'll be on a coach class flight uh, back home if you're not performing. Now, an example I'll give you from, uh, we just mentioned Michael Jordan, for example. Uh, One thing I heard him say, I read him say in one of his books was that, Michael Jordan being as big as he was, he said that he tried to never miss a game because he knew that every game he played, whether it was at home or on the road, he knew there was at least one person in that audience who had rearranged their schedule, Mm -hmm. saved up their money, told all their family and friends and said, this is the one chance I will ever get to see Michael Jordan. And Michael took that as a personal responsibility that he needed to go out and deliver every single night. And that is, that's one of the things that made Michael, Michael, you know, when people talk about Mike, they talk about the, the dunks and the shoes and the, the big things, but his teammates and his coaches always say it wasn't the big things. It was the little things. It was what he did behind closed doors when it was just us, when he could have loafed off, he could have took a night off and he refused to. Those are the things that made him special. So anyone out there, if you want to live by the example of an athlete, I mean, you may never have never heard of me, but you heard of Mike, you can use that example anytime that you want. You just have to choose to. Yeah. You know, you shared something recently on your social, and, and I love this. It says, be great at something that everyone else can't do. It's not valuable when it's easily replaced. So I, I love that concept of like, identify what makes you special and, you know, think about what makes you unique. So I think far too many people worry about, um, or, or maybe they, 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 they become a generalist. They don't realize just how special they are because they identify themselves as a generalist. So I'm just a life coach or I'm just a blah. I'm just a speaker. Like right. you do run the risk of commoditizing yourself, but can you talk about that for just a moment? Absolutely. When it comes to making yourself unique, you had had to figure out a way that is a balance that you have to strike, right? Because you have to be, it has to be understandable enough that the average consumer can know what you're talking about, but also unique enough that you're not the same as everybody else. So that's a, that takes a little bit of work. 
And every entrepreneur needs to put the time in to kind of figure out what is it about me or what is it that I'm going to offer or who is it that I'm going to serve that puts me in a space that I can't be replaced, that I'm not easily you know, duplicatable or that I'm not, like you said, commoditizing myself to where it becomes a race to the bottom. Like uh, Seth Godin says, where you're racing on price with people just to get a client or get a customer because yeah. nobody wants to play that game. So you would need to figure out you know, what is the, the secret sauce with you. And your secret sauce could be a certain method, a process, a product, a service, a trademark. It could be something about your background. It could be something about the way you present yourself. It could be you as a person, but you need some type of secret, secret sauce or special sauce that you own the trademark to, maybe actually or just you know, so to speak, that other people can't copy so that when someone wants what you offer, you are the only person who has it. Share a little bit about how much you work. I, I keep referring to your, <laughs> your content. Do you, do you have any of the numbers in front of you, like how many videos you've done, how many podcasts you've done, how many books you've written? Um, yes. Do you have some of those? I don't know if you have some of those I metrics handy, but it's a lot. Like as I'm going through yourself, I'm like, this guy gives. You, you, yeah. you, you constantly giving, 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 and just providing more and more content for that person that's out there that needs to hear that message. Mm. So, well, those metrics, I, I know them off the top of my head. That, that's <laughs> part of my credibility. So yeah. uh, I published since 2005. I've published over 15,000 pieces of content. That would be 7,000 through video, 6,000 through articles. I have a daily audio show that right now is at 1,600 episodes since 2016. Yeah. I have written and published 27 books. 26 of those are self-published. One of them is traditionally published. And I got a lot more to come as long as I'm allowed to do it. My gosh. Okay. So what's, what's obviously you're providing a lot of value with the content. Um, but what's, what's the business that, that you provide? Like how, how do people work with you? You know, how do they engage with you? So I started off as my first entrepreneurial venture was creating basketball training programs for young players who were just trying to learn how to play dribble, shoot, pass, dunk, because I was making videos, that's how I started off in content, making videos, just showing people how a basketball player practices. So I started making programs based off that, you know, five hour programs that I didn't even know. I didn't even have auto delivery, believe it or not, when I first started. So when someone bought a product for me, I had to get on the computer and manually email each individual person an attachment of my product. So I started with that. Then it moved into, I was training some people, this is both athletes and non-athletes. Then when I stopped playing, and I started writing books, also that. When I stopped playing basketball, I started creating my own courses. I started offering one-on-one -on -one coaching and consultations and professional speaking. And to this day, I still do all of those things. I don't focus as much on the basketball stuff because I don't play every day anymore. So I'm not really creating content around that. So I don't draw as many basketball players. But I help players now who want to play professional basketball overseas. I've written four books about the overseas world. So but I'm the person that people go to for that because there's not a lot of information in that area, but still coaching, consulting, professional speaking. And I actually work with a lot of entrepreneurs and business professionals now because I think one of my special sauces is that I'm a former athlete. So I'm different mm -hmm. than the average you know, coach or consultant or a speaker out there because I'm coming from a completely different background. But at the same time, I know what I'm talking about. So when people hear me talk, they're like, okay, this guy's not just a, a jock, you know, telling people how to be confident. Who's a great client for you? Great client for me is a small business owner who has between one and 10 employees. Their company's probably around $250,000 to $750,000 a year. 
They are one of the main principles of their company. And their challenge is, first of all, disciplining themselves to maybe delegate a little bit more of their work to make sure they're streamlining their processes so that they can eventually, maybe one day, hopefully, not have to do all the work themselves and to maybe build up a little bit of their own internal mental toughness and confidence so that they can actually be willing to delegate and be willing to talk to their business partners and say, hey, here are the things that we actually need to do to make this business mature. And people who ideally also maybe have a little bit of affinity for sports. So when they hear that I'm a former athlete, it's interesting to them to be able to say, hey, I got a former basketball player as my coach. That helps too. So right now you can go into your podcast player and you can find work on your game, right? That's true. So, so work on your games looks like a really great podcast. If you want that daily motivation, right? That it feels like it, like you're with your energy. It's like, okay, you want that morning kick in the butt so you can crush it today. This is the podcast for you. Am I right? Yeah. That's what people call it. I don't technically call myself a motivator, but people right. say I motivate them. So I'll go with it. Well, I love the passion and the drive. Um, that that you deliver. Uh, where else would people go to kind of get started into the world of of Dre Baldwin? Uh, any recommendations on like that that first thing that they should engage with? Well, the first thing you can, of course, any of the free stuff. So you had to work on your game show every single day. All the social medias, whichever platform you prefer, I'm active on all of them. I post on all of them every single day. I do have a book that I do offer for free. Can I share that here, Josh? Yeah, please. Okay, so I have a book called The Mirror of Motivation, which is one of four books and what I call the Bulletproof Bundle. It's a four-book series that covers those same four principles I mentioned, discipline, confidence, mental toughness, personal initiative. The first one is discipline. So The Mirror of Motivation's subtitle is The Self-Guide to Self-Discipline. So what that book is about is obviously a lot of people have goals. Anyone listening to the show has a goal or at least some goals. And what most people know is that to reach your goal, you have to do some work. You got to put some effort in. What most people do in life is they work, they start working really hard to reach their goal, yet they still can't get to the goal. I know a lot of hardworking people who can't reach their goals. The challenge is many people never ask themselves the next question. They ask themselves question one, what do I want? And question two, what do I have to do? But they never ask themselves question number three, who do I need to be? What type Mm -hmm. of person do I need to be while I'm taking these actions in order to produce my results? So this is what the book, The Mirror Motivation, is about, helping you get clear on who you need to be as a person so that while you take those actions with a completely different energy, a different way of seeing yourself, you get different results. And it is not me hyping you up. That's why the book is called The Mirror of Motivation. So you look in the mirror and you can get it from yourself, which is duplicatable, it's repeatable, and you are always there. I won't always be around, but you'll always be around wherever you are in your life. So you can look at yourself, be that person, do what you need to do get the results you need to get. And you can get that book at mirrorofmotivation.com. The book is already paid for. You cover a small shipping charge as mirrorofmotivation.com. I love it. Dre Baldwin. And again, I've got you also at dreallday.com. You got a great YouTube channel, Dre Baldwin. Work on your game. Dre, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Josh. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. 
We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.